0: Welcome to the Talon Project. Talon stands for Teaching and Learning Online Network. As we adjust to the new COVID-19 reality, Talon provides a platform for sharing and discussing resources and practices for remote education. You can learn more at taloncloud.ca. Enjoy this episode. I'm joined with Vivian Ton, uh, who is a Master of Architecture student at the School of Architecture, Planning and Landscape at the University of Calgary. Uh, Vivian, thank you for joining me. Uh, let's start with you introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about what you do.
1: Sure. Thanks for inviting me to be on this interview. Uh, my name is Vivian and I'm a Masters of Architecture candidate at the University of Calgary. Um, recently, I graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in Urban Studies with a minor in Architecture here as well. Um, so, over the summer, I got involved as a co-founder of the student-led group, Advocates for Equal Design Education. Um, this is based out of the School of Architecture, Planning and Landscape. And I'm, I guess, I'm sorry, I'm the acting president of the organization this year. Um, And we're interested in topics of design justice and critical pedagogy, as well as creating platforms for voices or um, perspectives that aren't as represented within mainstream architectural design and planning, uh, discourse and media. So yeah, that's sort of the the lowdown on what I've been doing.
0: Very interesting. And uh, on that note, With the questions we'll be asking, Vivian will be answering this in in a student perspective, um, as well as from the equitable design um, um, perspective as well, so uh, keep an eye out for that. So with the uh, first question here, um, we'd just like to know what kind of the biggest challenges um, you experience when moving to emergency remote learning, and also how these challenges may affect uh, equitable design as well. Mm
1: Um, I think one of the things that I missed the most when transitioning to remote learning was being in a studio environment and um, interacting with everyone I had met within the school. Um, I think Matt can also attest to the fact that our studio got quite close, just by nature of everyone spending like 10, 12 hours a day together mm-hmm. in, the same, in the same room. But it was sort of that collaborative, informal learning environment where I took in a lot of new knowledge that like you wouldn't be able to get from like a standard lecture. Um, So that sort of facilitated as like an additional tutorial. So I think this loss of like like, in-person learning was a bit of a struggle of transitioning um, to working from home um, in terms of how it might relate to such sort of more equitable design learning outcomes. Um, I know a lot of students really liked working in studio because it gave them the chance to leave the house as well as have this dedicated space to study. Um, sort of that loss of having um, an environment that's conducive to design and creativity is it can become a barrier in like how you are able to work efficiently and not everyone has like a great uh, home workspace as well or like great internet access. So I think having the, the studio environment not be sort of at the core of design learning has been something like incredibly like different for a lot of students.
0: Mm-hmm, I completely agree. Um, I also am seeing that as a, as a challenge um, you know when we, we switched because as you mentioned we did all get quite close and and be able to bounce those ideas off each other on a continuous basis and, and looking through a different lens um, always did help. So we'll see how these challenges are overcome in the future. Um, so what opportunities Um, do you think are created with online education and uh, how would this relate to equitable design education as well?
1: Um, I think digital education can be more liberatory and open than it is a restrictive thing. I think um, it's just a matter of adapting and creating those linkages that enable us to work better together through digital access There's always barriers to access, which means it might take some time for this learning to be like as democratic or as open as we might envision it to be. But there's also a lot of opportunity through this, I guess, vast, abstracted digital space to um, share resources, like have new conversations, um, network on so many levels, as well as break down different boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, as I mentioned, like having, access to the internet in this way is like it becomes a human right if all the platforms of knowledge are on this digital space now like we have to envision like a way for this platform to be more more accessible and i don't know like there's there's other opportunities that i think i've seen open up over the last few months in terms of online learning. Um, What really fascinated over like the last few months is sort of how a number of academic journals, which typically have walls are now releasing like hundreds of articles for free or um, having like cheaper memberships that allow people to download um, information and readings. And this sort of like, activism for public and like open access to knowledge really came about during the June Black Lives Matters protests when there was like an overwhelming desire for mutual aid and knowledge sharing. Um, and I think there's like sort of three factors that came into this um, release of like information into the public and like dismantling of paywall as well. It's Like the civil rights movements, which is still ongoing, Um, people working from home and having a lot more time because of COVID. Um, And also, like the internet developing into something that's more open access than it might have been previously. I think there's like a whole dialogue on that as to is it becoming more more open or is it becoming more privatized? But I think there's a push for the latter, sorry, for the former. and yeah, like people are circulating so much knowledge for free as it is through Google Drive or even Instagram, mm-hmm. social media. So I think there's a lot of potential for um, education to become more public in that way.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, it's like uh, I, I kind of look at it in a way of uh, creative solutions and open access, um, especially with Talon here and, and creating this lexicon of, of resources. We've definitely seen an increase. Um, in of free resources and availability of these resources and articles focused more on that online. And it's not just the education aspect, as you mentioned, it's, you know, the, the equality uh, of sharing these resources and, and who's protecting them or, or is it absolutely free? Um, mm-hmm. So very good points. Um, so what is your most used software tool, I guess maybe since that transition from, from the impact of COVID?
1: Um, in terms of just general software, I am a big fan of just Google Drive or OneDrive. Um, I've used so many different like productivity apps or like project management tools. There's like Slack and Asana and all these different sorts of things. But the freedom of like Google Drive and Google Docs is that everything links quite easily shareable. It's nowadays it's free to an extent. You can pay for more storage, but it works pretty well for what it is. Um, and as well being a design student, um, being able to host things efficiently on a cloud-based system is really great. Um, especially working with peers on collaborative projects when they live in different cities or um, when in-person meetings just don't work out anymore. So yeah,
0: Yeah, definitely, um, you know, using G Suite products and and using uh, Microsoft 365, you know, OneDrive, things like that, That it definitely the collaboration aspect and, and being able to access those resources between peers is, is definitely a, um, a more used software and tool now uh, going forward, so thank you. Um, what would be your recommendations for um, as, as a student and also from the equitable design perspective on, Uh, online education moving forward?
1: Um, I think a big part, um, as I've mentioned, is this access to information. Um, A lot of the time, all this knowledge is already out there, but it's sort of the institutional limitations or um, the way we define and describe our curriculums that make it seem that this information isn't available for people to learn. Um, When we launched Advocates for Equitable Design Education, one of the main things that uh, we talked about is how the histories of um, like non-white architecture or uh, decolonized architectures aren't as readily available. They're not taught to the same extent. They're not held to the same regard within publications um, even when it comes to awards so what we wanted to do is create a resource bank just a repository of different readings as well as um, like websites videos organizations who are doing this kind of work and we hope to offer this sort of cobbling together resources to educators like at our school, but also just people in our community. So they know where to look and they know um, what to look for when they want to find this information. Um, so yeah, it's it's a matter of both increasing just the, the access to resources on one hand, but also bringing into the conversation like other other knowledges and other sort of bodies of information that might lend to a more actual experience of learning.
0: Absolutely. Um, that also just provides a great opportunity right now if you would like to uh, share your screen and, and show us maybe that website so people can learn where to find these different resources that you guys are collecting.
1: Sure. So here I'm just sharing um, the website for Advocates for Equal Design Education. You can head right to ADE.pa. So on the main page, you can scroll down to see some of our upcoming opportunities and you can click here to see our pledge. We're asking for students, educators, Uh, practitioners, community partners to take a look at this and pledge to work on um, systems that create more equitable design outcomes, whether that's um, in education or within the built environment. Um, On the side, you can read our manifesto and here's our resource bank, which you can preview. This is linked just to a Google Sheets. Um, it's a little bit of a work in progress right now, but um, you can scroll down here and then at the bottom, there's other tabs um, that focus on local organizations, um, readings and reading lists. There are some great ones in there with um, some notes on the side as well. Just uh, mentioning what's inside the reading list. Um, courses and webinars highly recommend this Indigenous Canada course from the U of A um, as well as other media here. So yeah, this is one of the uh, things that we're working on right now as a part of AED, so please check it out. And I'll just stop sharing.
0: Great, thank you very much Vivian, thank you for showing us that. Uh, It seems like you guys have been hard at work here providing uh, everybody with as many resources as you can uh, with it and I'll definitely be taking a look myself. Um, So this brings us to the last question. Uh, What do you expect higher education and equitable design to look like in the future?
1: Um, From a student perspective, I think what we really hope is to be able to have these healthy conversations. Um, A lot of the times there's a bit of a us versus them sort of situation that happens between students and the faculty and sort of the governing bodies that create these curriculum. But it's in our hopes with the work that we're doing to create, I I wouldn't say it's a bridge because I don't think the gap really exists, but in a way just to have these things become more commonplace in discussion. Um, Equity is not really something that you can tick off the box in a design studio. It's not like you can just decide to design for justice or design for spaces to be more accessible and open. It's something inherent to the daily experiences of people. So it's really within, I guess, our hopes that everyone pushes toward understanding that cities are made for everyone and just not the few and that we need to be open to sort of diverse bodies diverse cultures like sexualities genders and abilities and experiences of the city in order to be good designers so um, in terms of higher education this is really the push that Um, We're looking for that equity and justice is sort of the baseline for everything else to layer on top.
0: Mm -hmm. Great, thank you very much, Vivian. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to meet with us and participate with our uh, interview series with Talon. I look forward to seeing you here in the coming weeks uh, with school kicking back up in uh, in a week and a half here. So, uh, thank you very much again.
1: Yeah, thanks for the opportunity
0: this episode was produced by talon you can find the video of the interview and more at taloncloud.ca the talon project is funded by the richard parker initiative it is hosted at the school of architecture planning and landscape at the university of calgary thank you for listening